0: Hey, welcome out tonight. Really good to have you here with us. This is our Resurrection Sunday. So it's a huge celebration today. Before we start, I wanted to jump up on your feet. I'm gonna read a scripture, which is so powerful. And then we're gonna worship and honour our great King. Let me read this to you in the start of our resurrection service. It says this in Matthew 28. After the Sabbath at dawn, For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, He has risen. And that's what we celebrate this Sunday, the risen Christ. Father, we thank You and honour and praise You, great God. Thank You that the tomb is empty, that You're a risen God who's alive and active and we wanna worship and praise and honour and give You all glory tonight. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen. Let's worship our great God.
1: Come on, let's sing. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight it was my turn till I paid. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures. All my failures I've tried to hide. Sing this out. I need a rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I need a shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call. Let's declare.
2: Around me in just one word the darkness has to retreat in just one touch I feel the presence of heaven in just My eyes are open to see. My heart can't help but believe. Come on, we sing. There's nothing that our God can't do.
3: There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way.
2: There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one. In just one word And you revive every dream yeah. In just one For greater things,
3: there's no power like the power of Jesus.
2: Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can come right now and we can celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. God, thank you that it didn't end on Friday. God, thank you that you rose from the grave, Lord. We thank you that you made a way, Father, God, to be in relationship with us, to beat the curse of sin, to conquer the grave, Father. We thank you that we can join you, Lord, that we can be in relationship with you, Father, So God, Lord, now join near to us as we worship you, Lord. Join near to us as we worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you made a way. Come on, church, we're going to sing. We're going to keep in worship. Let's lift this up from our hearts. Let's join together now.
0: You tonight, and I was just conscious, Lord, that there may be some here tonight that have come along, and maybe just come along specifically for an Easter service, or maybe watching online, just just specifically for this Easter service. And those words just struck my heart again. That even when it seems like you're not there, you're working, you're at work, great God. And I was just conscious there may be some that are wondering, you know, is, is God really there? Like, is He? Is He a good Father? Is He there to help me? Is He? Is He really? who he says he is. He's the irrelational God. And we just thank you, great God, that that that's exactly who you are, a God that is so relational, a God that longs to be in relationship with his own children, that that you made a way. It's the very foundation of the Christian faith. It's what we celebrate this very weekend, the death and resurrection of Christ. It's, It's an extraordinary reminder of your love for us, great God, laying down your life so that we could experience life and life to the full. The death wouldn't be the end, but there would be a future hope. And uh, Father, we just thank you so much for that. Uh, How can we not give you praise and honour uh, this very weekend, great God? So we thank you, Lord, we love you. And uh, we just pray all these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen, amen. It is uh, great to have you here in our auditorium tonight. It's great to have you online as well. Um, But it'd be awesome to say hi to one another. Uh, here, you can do that. But I was just thinking as well, uh, actually, uh, Nathan Ford's getting baptised tonight and he's going to do it after the sermon. And we've got a lot of friends and family members I know here tonight that have come out specifically. So why don't we just welcome them. That's so exciting, mate, you're getting baptised. And the reason I mentioned that as well, because I know you've got a lot of family that are tuning in online as well. So uh It's great to have you tuning in online also with us tonight. Uh, But why don't you just take a moment to say hi to a few people around you. That'd be fantastic. Do that now. good. Actually as well, one of our hosts will probably be online as well. You're welcome to say g'day online also. Uh, I do want to mention just a few quick things actually, and then we're going to get to uh, God's Word. Um, Just want to mention if you want to hang around afterwards, it'd be great. Uh, Feel free to do that. We have our big courtyard area. Uh, we've, got Greek, we've got a Greek food truck here tonight so you can wander out, uh, order some food, buy some food, then go to our courtyard area and then catch up over dinner. That would be amazing. And as well, if you're visiting tonight and you're thinking, man, I want to just find out a little bit more about what's going on. Or you've been coming for a little while and you want to find out a little bit more. Make sure you uh, connect with us at our Connections Lounge up the very back as you head out up the back there. We would love uh, to meet you. Uh, this has been an awesome weekend. We had our Good Friday services on Thursday night and Friday morning, uh, which was just amazing. And then obviously our Sunday services. But as part of our Easter weekend, uh, we are taking up a special appeal uh, to, the, to workers in Ukraine with the war that's going on at the moment and there's people on the front line there. And uh, we're taking up a special offering uh, to give towards those workers that are helping out and serving. And so uh, that's still open. Uh, if you want to give towards that, I think there might still be some special envelopes uh, that the finances uh, will go towards that. And so if they're not on your seat, they'll probably be uh, just outside in the foyer area. You can grab that and uh, give towards that cause, which is obviously such an important cause uh, at the moment. Um, just a couple of other things as well. Uh, this uh, Friday night launches uh, Turn 2 with Switch, that's our high schoolers ministry. Uh, so yeah, you guys are excited, that's awesome. It should be an awesome night. So this Friday night, uh, it launches. Uh, talking about launching things as well, we are gonna launch an Alpha, which will be happening on a Wednesday night. So Alpha is uh, looks at the foundations of the Christian faith. So if you're here and you're thinking, I just wanna like maybe find out a little bit more, that would be perfect for you to jump into. Uh, millions of people around the world have done that course. And uh, Wednesday night, 6 p.m., that'll be starting. Uh, there's some more details uh, in your newsletter around that one. And then also, Young Ads, we're in the middle of a series at the moment, a relationship series, which has been awesome. And uh, that's uh, specifically for our Wednesday night crew, 18 to 23 age bracket. And so if you want to jump into that, it's never too late. You can jump into that. Come and, uh, come on Wednesday night or just come and chat to one of us at the Connections Lounge afterwards as well if you want to find out a little bit more about our Young Adult uh, Connect groups. I think that's all uh, there is to mention. I'm going to pray and then we're going to hear from God's Word. Um, so let's do that together now. Father, uh, yeah, we do thank you just for an amazing weekend. And um, you're extraordinary, just uh, you're extraordinary God. And this, this is the foundation of our Christian faith, great God. And we just celebrate and praise and honour you uh, this very day. I wanna just pray for Nathan now as he comes to bring your Word, great God. I pray uh, that you'd speak to us, speak to our hearts, that you'd just challenge us. And uh, Lord, I thank you that your Word says that your, your Word does not return void. And I really pray, God, that as Nathan speaks tonight, you'd speak to him and would be challenged and impacted in some way or another tonight. And uh, Father, I just want to—I just want to thank you as well for Nathan Ford as he baptized tonight. So exciting, Lord God! And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the uh, the transformation you've done in and through his life, great God. And I know you want to do that in every single soul, every single person, great God, because you love every single person. Um, so we thank you, God. We honor and praise you tonight. Speak to us now in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's welcome Nate, our senior, Reverend Senior Pastor. Let's—you got to do a better job than that. He's your senior pastor. Come on.
4: Thanks, David. Thanks so much. Great to be sharing with you on a Sunday night. Resurrection Sunday is such a special day. Such an exciting time to be together. Uh, I'm going to share for around about 20 minutes, and then we are going to go to Nathan's baptism, which uh, I am super excited about as well. Uh, Resurrection Sunday is special, because the resurrection is an incredible truth. In the 18th century, there was a man called Gilbert West, who didn't like the fact that a lot of his friends were becoming Christians. So he decided that he would write a book to disprove the resurrection, because he knew that if he could disprove the resurrection he could disprove Christianity. And so he started researching, he started writing the book and halfway through writing this book, he actually met Jesus. And so he ended up writing his book the other way around instead. In the 19th century, there was a very famous atheist in America called Ingersoll. And he didn't like the fact that Christianity was, was growing uh, and continuing to impact more and more people. And he had a great friend, uh, who was a very famous general called General Lou Wallace? And so he said to his friend, We need to, you need to help me to undermine Christianity, the influence that's growing. Why don't you write a book uh, to disprove the resurrection? And so Lou Wallace began to write this book. He thought it was a good idea, began to write it. But Lou's wife was actually a Christian and she started praying, or she had been praying for her husband. And so Lou's writing this book, he gets to chapter 4 of his book, and he meets Jesus as well. So he writes his book the other way around. And then in the 20th century, there's a lawyer and a journalist called Frank Morrison. He decided that he should um, just completely undermine Christianity. He knew as well, like all smart people do, if you can undermine the resurrection, then you can undermine Christianity. just prove. Christianity. And so he's a journalist, he's a lawyer, the journalism in him, no, he's very good at researching, collecting the information. As a lawyer, so good at being able to craft a very strong argument. And so he starts to get all this evidence together. But again, he gets halfway through his book and he meets Jesus as well. So he wrote his book the other way around as well. His book is called Who Moved the Stone. And then in 1990, there was a man named Lee Strobel, whose wife became a Christian and he was not happy about this at all. Lee Strobel was a Yale Law School graduate, he was a journalist with the Chicago Tribune and when he found out his wife had become a Christian, he was was really unhappy about this and he said, that's it, I'm going to prove to my wife that this is crazy, all this Jesus talk and so he set about to disprove the resurrection as well and he started to collect all this evidence, research, interview people but the more he investigated the validity of the resurrection, the more he became convinced that it was true and he met Jesus, so he also wrote his book the other way around. His book is called The Case for Christ. So if you're in a hurry to meet Jesus, try to write a book to disprove the resurrection. Basically, that's, that's the message here. But 1 Corinthians 15 says this. I want to share it with you tonight on this Resurrection Sunday. It says this. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. This is God's word to us on this Resurrection Sunday. Some time ago now, as a family, we decided to head out to Cedar Creek for a picnic and on the way out there, we pulled into the local supermarket and I ran in to grab a barbecue chook to have on our bread rolls for our picnic. And as I got up to the cash register, I paid for it and the lady asked me the question, do you want your receipt? And I thought about it for a moment, I thought, well, look, I've got a wallet full of receipts, we're about to eat this chicken, I'm not about to bring this thing back, that's for sure. So I said, no, don't worry about it, it's fine. And I grabbed the chook and I walked out through the door of the shops and literally as soon as I walked out the door, I remembered that I was meant to get mayonnaise as well to go with the chicken for our bread rolls. And so I had to go back in, but suddenly I realized I didn't have a receipt. I've got a chicken, barbecue chicken in my hand, no receipt. And I know I have to get the mayonnaise and then go back to the cash register. And I am really tentative. I'm now walking. In. I've never had this experience. When you walk in, you don't have your receipt with you. And I'm thinking, what are they going to say? Hopefully, I was praying the same person would still be on the register, but they weren't. They'd gone had a break. And so I walk up to this person and just sort of explain very Um, tentatively look this is a situation I just didn't get a receipt you know but I did buy it before fortunately she believed me I must looked honest enough and she let me pay for it and I didn't have to didn't get busted for stealing and I didn't have to pay for another chicken either which was good But you know, sometimes we can feel, if you're in that situation, you know that feeling of feeling like you're not sure, you don't have the receipt, you don't have that assurance. It can be the same for us spiritually as well. It can be be the same for us on our spiritual journey and it can be, be the same for us when it comes to us thinking about what lies beyond this life for us. It's not a nice feeling when you feel unsure or uncertain like that. And Paul says here in this little, these few verses we've read that the resurrection is like our guarantee. It's like our, our receipt, our sign-sealed receipt, this ultimate proof we have that all the promises of God are true. That everything Jesus spoke about, everything that Jesus has done for us is true, is reliable. And in the context here, Paul was talking to a group of people in Corinth who believed that there was no such thing as physical resurrection. And the reason for this is because the common ancient Greek thinking at the time was that a, when a person died, their body ceased to exist, but only their soul went on to live forever. And the reason for this is that they believed that their, the body was actually inherently um, Evil, intrinsically evil, but the soul was good, and so to to die and to leave your physical body was actually a good thing. This is called dualism, or mysticism, and so this this idea they had, this concept they had, um, was really ingrained in their thinking. So even some of these people who had grown up with this thinking, when even when they became followers of Jesus, they found it hard to believe that there could really be a physical resurrection. They thought it just must be something symbolic; it couldn't be real. And many people still think about the resurrection in that way as well. Just this symbolic sort of picture for us. But Paul is saying here in these verses, you need to understand that the resurrection is real. That Jesus really did rise from the dead. And that without the resurrection, our faith is futile. And the reason Paul is so adamant about this is because he knows that the resurrection is our guarantee. It's that signed, sealed receipt for us that we can take hold of, we can receive as a gift. And he knew, Paul knew that it was the resurrection that convinced the disciples that it was all true. Everything Jesus had spoken about. After Jesus' death on the cross, the disciples became this incredibly fearful, scared group of people hiding out, trying to, trying to separate or distance themselves from Jesus altogether. This is who they were. But then Jesus appeared to them in his resurrection body. And just like that, Everything changed for these disciples. They went from being fearful, scared, in hiding, having no confidence, to suddenly being bold and confident and and wanting to tell everyone the good news that Jesus was alive. And they would go on to literally turn the world upside down to the point where today billions of believers uh, around the world are gathering this very Easter Sunday to, to give thanks and to worship Jesus. What changed them? What was it that convinced them? It was the resurrection that convinced them. When they knew that Jesus really had risen from the dead, they had the guarantee, they had the receipt, they had the assurance, and now nothing could shake them from holding on to this truth, not even death itself. And many of these followers of Jesus, if you read the Gospels, you'll see that they did give their life because they knew with deep assurance in their heart that this was true. And so Paul is saying here in this text, the resurrection, it's our proof. It's our guarantee of all that Jesus has done for us. And he explains three particular things that it's our guarantee of. The first is this. He says, the resurrection is proof that our sins have been forgiven. This is what verse 17 says. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Or to flip that around, it's saying that if Jesus has been raised, then we can know that our sins have been forgiven with confidence. And he says this because he knows that the resurrection is proof that Jesus' sacrifice has been accepted by God as full payment for sin. St. Jerome, one of the early church fathers, um, had a dream one night in which Jesus visited him. And in the dream, Jerome collects all his money and he offers it to Jesus as a gift. But Jesus turns to Jerome and says, Jerome, I don't want your money. And so Jerome then goes and collects all of his possessions together and he tries to give them to Jesus instead. But Jesus turns to Jerome and says, Jerome, I don't want your possessions. And so confused, Jerome then turned to Christ and asked, well, well, what can I give you? What, What do you want? And Jesus simply replied, Jerome, give me your sins. That's what I came for. I came to take away your sins. And that's exactly what John the Baptist declared, John 1.29. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only Jesus came into the world for this purpose. Every other religion says, give me your best Whereas Jesus comes and he says, give me your worst. I want to take all your sin, all your shame, all your guilt, all your brokenness. I want you to give that to me so that I can bring healing and wholeness to your life. The resurrection is proof that, that Jesus' sacrifice has been accepted as full payment for our sin, that we are forgiven and we can know this with assurance. Romans 4 verse 25 explains it like this, it says, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Justification means that we're made that we're made right with God, justified before God. We have this guarantee, sins have been forgiven because Jesus rose again and there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I know that Some of you tonight need to hear that, that there is no condemnation. If you're in Jesus tonight, your sins have been forgiven. You need to live in the light of that and can have full assurance of faith. The second guarantee the resurrection brings us is this. It guarantees us that this life is not all there is because death has been defeated. It brings us this guarantee. Verse 19 says this, "'If only for this life we have hope in Christ,' We are of all people most to be pitied. Recently, I came across a news article that was titled, Can Science Cure Death? And it got me really interested, and I started to read the article. This is what it said. It said, Nick Sarajeev is 25 years old, far too young, it would seem, to be thinking about death, and yet since he turned 21, he has taken steps to prevent the infirmities of old age. Every day, he takes 2,000 milligrams of fish oil and 4,000 IU of vitamin D to help prevent heart disease and other ailments. He steams or pressure cooks most of his meals because he says charring meats creates chemicals that may increase the risk, increase the risk of cancer. And in the winter, he keeps the humidity of his home at 35% because dry air chaps his skin and makes him cough, both of which he considers manifestations of chronic inflammation, which may be bad for longevity. Given, he says, the exponential advances in microprocessors and smartphones in his lifetime, he insists the biotech industry will figure out a solution in the next 50 years as to how we can live forever. For this reason, Saryev's plan is to keep his body in good enough shape to hit longevity escape velocity. Do you like that term? A term coined by English gerontologist Aubrey de Grey to donate slowing down your aging enough to reach each new medical advance as it arrives and then it says this one commonality among people who advocate for longer human lifespans is an intolerance of death even as a concept interesting article such an interesting perspective You know, the Bible tells us that there has always been a danger that humans would live in denial of their own death. 3,000 years ago, the psalmist put it like this. Psalm 90 verse 12, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Right? For us, we know intellectually and rashly that we are going to die, but deep down we repress it. We try not to think about it. We so often act as if we are going to live forever. But the Bible says it is not wise to act and to think as though we're going to live forever. You know, it's been said that all the wars and plagues have never raised the death toll. It has always been 100%. And so it's not wise to live in denial of the reality of death because the reality is, is that it faces all of us. The second thing that just struck me as I read this article, the second truth that the Bible talks to as well is that this, there is something deep within all of us that says death is not right, death is not the way it was meant to be, death is cruel, death is wrong. And the very fact of our grief in the face of death acknowledges this fact. The article finished with these words, and it really gives you insight into where um, this this young guy, Nick, and others are coming from. Many proponents of super longevity remember the moment they first learned that a family member would die, and they will tell you their refusal to accept it has led to a lifetime searching for a solution. In other words, this idea, this, they just knew that death is not right. Death is not how it's meant to be. And the Bible says, yes, this is right. Death is not how it's meant to be. We were created to live forever. Ecclesiastes 3.11 talks about the fact that God has placed eternity in the hearts, in every one of our hearts when he created us. And so we know deep within our being that death is not right. It's not the way it should be. But the good news of the resurrection is, is that we can receive the gift of eternal life in Jesus. This week on Tuesday, just gone, I had the privilege of attending a funeral service for Brian Rice. Brian and his wife, Carol, have just been an integral part of everything that's been happening here at Bridgman over many years now. They were Married for just two weeks short of 50 years, which is amazing, isn't it? Such an amazing achievement. Around 12 months ago, Brian was given the diagnosis that he had pancreatic cancer. And he was told he would have around 12 months to live. And just after his diagnosis, I went to visit him in the hospital. It was just the two of us together in his room. And he shared with me this news that the doctors had just recently passed on to him. And I asked him, I said, Brian, how how are you feeling about this? And he explained to me that he actually had this incredible peace. He shared with me in these moments, just the two of us in this room, about the confidence that he had. He knew that this life is not all there is. He said this to me. And it was so inspiring just to share with him as he faced the reality of, of death, his soon death. And it just didn't just impact me, it impacted all the other um, staff in the hospital, the nurses, the other people who, who were interacting with him, friends, family members, everyone was impacted by this. And I want to tell you, and so many people who knew Brian can testify to this, over the 12 months, as his health continued to decline, Brian's faith just kept getting stronger and stronger. It didn't wane at all. In fact, it got stronger and stronger as his body got weaker and weaker. Why did Brian not fear death? How could he have such an assurance, such a confidence in the face of death itself? Two reasons he had this confidence. The first one was this. He knew that his sins had been forgiven. Brian lived such a good life. At his Thanksgiving service, just hearing about what an amazing dad he was, what a devoted and loving husband he was. He was always caring for other people. He won awards um, from, from the local councils for the, all the things he did in the community. He was active here in church all the time. He lived this incredibly good life. But Brian knew that all of his good deeds were not enough. He knew that he was not, still not perfect, as good as he was. He knew he was not perfect. He knew that he was a sinner before a perfect and holy God. And he knew this truth. He knew that it's not good people who go to heaven. It's forgiven people. Forgiven people who receive eternal life. And it's this truth that gave Brian an assurance. And the second reason Brian had no fear of death was because he knew this good news of the resurrection. He had this guarantee that this life is not all there is because Jesus rose again. He knew that death was not the end, but actually when he passed from this life, he would be more alive than ever in the very presence of his Saviour. And so this is why the resurrection is good news because it brings us this guarantee, this assurance deep within our heart that this life is not all there is, that there is more, that death is not the end. We can have eternal life because Jesus has conquered sin and death and the grave and wants to give us that same resurrection life. That is why Jesus said, his very own words, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. That is what Jesus was talking about. And the final point is this, that the resurrection is the guarantee as well that all creation will be redeemed and that we're going to receive perfect resurrection bodies as well. And this truth just gets me so excited. Let me read to you verse 20 again. This is what Paul said. He said, But Christ has has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. What's Paul talking about here? Talking about first fruits. Paul is saying that Christ's bodily resurrection guarantees the future bodily resurrection of all believers. Just as the first fruits of the harvest gives us a foreshadowing of what is to come We can expect more of in the same way, so is Jesus' bodily resurrection. It is the same for us, a guarantee and assurance that we too will enjoy this as well if we have come to Jesus in repentance and faith. When Jesus appeared to his disciples in his resurrection appearances, it's fascinating to read the gospel accounts because we see that he was actually eating with them and he was drinking with them and they were touching his body. And the reason Jesus did this is because he wanted his disciples to know that his physical resurrection, he had a literal physical body, that he wasn't just sort of floating around on air, but he literally had a new resurrection body. And Jesus did this because he wanted his followers to know that the resurrection is not just about going into some spiritual state in heaven. He wanted them to know that it's physical, that it's about a new heavens and a new earth, the Bible talks about, that Jesus is renewing all of creation, that the physical does matter. The physical is so important to God that we're gonna receive perfect resurrection bodies and this is amazing and this is a wonderful truth, the most incredible truth. Johnny Erickson is a Christian woman who was paralyzed from the neck down in a terrible accident when she was 18. So she's, a quad, she's lived her life as a quadriplegic in a wheelchair. She writes that one time, she was at a large meeting in which the leader from the podium said, let's kneel to pray. Let's kneel before God. So everybody, everybody knelt down, but of course she couldn't. And she suddenly realized in this moment that she couldn't and that she would never kneel the thought came into her head i am never going to be able to kneel before god and she just burst into tears in that moment then she writes but then i remembered the resurrection Just before the party gets going, the wedding feast of the Lamb, the first thing I plan to do on my resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified knees, kneel quietly before the feet of Jesus, and then I'm going to be on my feet dancing, she says. Can you imagine the hope, she writes, that this gives someone with a spinal cord injury like mine Can you imagine the hope this gives someone who lives with a lifelong illness or some other physical disability? No other religion promises new bodies, a new material universe. Only in the gospel of Christ do people hurting like me find such enormous hope to live. Do you see what she's saying here? She's saying, you're not going to float in the kingdom of God. This is new heavens, new earth. You're going to eat. You're going to drink. You're going to run. You're going to dance. You're going to sing. You're going to hug. New heavens, new earth, new bodies. This is the best news in all the world. I want to tell you that. It's so exciting. This is the promise of the resurrection. And tonight, um, Nathan Ford is about to be baptized in just a moment. And many of you know Nathan, because of his cerebral palsy, he's restricted to a wheelchair. His mind is sharp, but his body is weak. And we're going to have to help support Nathan to get into that pool tonight. But I want to tell you, nothing could stop Nathan getting in that pool tonight. He's so pumped in his words, so excited about being baptised. And I want you to hear tonight his story. We've actually captured his testimony on video. And I want you to listen to this, and then I'm going to... Wrap up our time together and then we're gonna celebrate because Nathan's gonna be baptized. So why don't you turn the screens? Let's hear Nathan's story tonight.
5: My name is Nathan, this is my story. I was born into a great parents that supported me all my life. I was born with their body and that was my made my life challenging. My old school in life was particularly is with the art. People show my words people they show me people thought that i was physical disabled that thought that am I disabled? Oh boy well, oh boys well, school is hard. I have good friends to help me. Through. One of my friends, men that invite me into church I am not what I'm walking through but by the end of the night I met all the new people who I love joy riding in. It was yeah, I met one of my closest friends mates so, Jack I I feel like People have it more faithful and accepted of me. I suppose I belong straight away. It's the community what I've always been looking for. I could not wait to vote East Friday night. I trust I'm an in leader at all. Well. Like Andrew, Kutchis, and Jonah, they help me. I love to be it and I after school. I'm so thankful for both After school, I started attending for my services and connect. Slowly, this time, I actually felt God shifting in my heart. About 2018 and 2019, I've been through a rough time. My assistant, dog Ruby, passed away, and my girl, Galen, passed away. Galen was my biggest sport in my life. Take me to the movies, Comic-Con, and the big, <laughs> big, big, bad game. The hardest part in my life was not saying goodbye to her. I loved her a lot. This time, I, training for the Tokyo Olympic squad for BOTSHA. I was training 30 hours During the government running, the sport was cut. I was left one of the things I loved in my life, all the things I um, watched watch it and then removed. felt empty and tell God at this time. I it at the end of 2019. I felt like God said to me, I was forgiven, I love you, and everything will be okay. This is a huge training fund for me. I thought that God was finding me from my disability. I decided knew that I was want to and love me completely that that I am. since putting my faith in Jesus, I felt a lot of more peace. I was very anxious because I don't have any control. I know that it God you so. Know? and I trust him. to in and close doors. It's that, that, you know what's best for me. My parents have known it are very different mm-hmm. than me. There's still confusion in our times. In these times, I feel God bumping me to pray. <laughs> I see his faithfulness every time. I know I can really trust him. One time I asked my grandfather what the perfect life was. He, he said to love God. Just before he passed, I faced him in, in the hospital. I said to him, it's okay to go to the Lord? Right. And in 20 minutes there, I got a phone call to tell him passed away. My favorite passage in the Bible was Jesus, do me. Passage verse 6. Do not be afraid the Lord the God will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Baptism been on my heart for a while. But last Sunday night I heard God say, Come on, let's do it. I, I publicly declare I've been saved through Jesus. I I commit to following the rest of my life.
1: How good
4: is that?
5: How good is that?
4: What a test to me. You know, the good news of the resurrection for Nathan is that he is going to receive a new resurrection body and he is going to be able to run and dance and sing and kneel before his Saviour. I know a number of times Nathan's been down the front. he was been celebrating, praising at the end, jumping around. He's been in his wheelchair, joining in the celebration. There's going to come a moment where he's going to be able to run and jump and sing and dance. The resurrection of Jesus, I want you to get this, the resurrection of Jesus means He is not going to miss out on anything. He is not going to miss out. This is the amazing good news of the resurrection. I cannot think of a better day for Nathan to be baptised than on Resurrection Sunday. I cannot think of a better day than today. These truths, which are true for Him. Doesn't it just make your heart sore, this truth? it is the most amazing message in all the world so let me ask you this easter resurrection sunday do you have an assurance do you have a confidence deep within your heart have you taken hold of that that receipt so to speak that guarantee that you know do you have a confidence tonight that your sins have been forgiven or are you living still in 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 under the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. Because Jesus offers you this incredible gift tonight, this assurance in your heart, you can know for sure because of the resurrection that your sins have been forgiven. If you'll give them to Him, if you'll give them to Him tonight, He wants to take them. Or maybe you've been living under this illusion that I have to live this good life for God to accept me. But for tonight, you need to hear the message that God loves you just as you are. You don't have to fix your life up. You can just simply come to Him tonight as you are because it's not good people go to heaven it's forgiven people and he wants to forgive you nothing you have done in your past nothing hidden in your life that maybe others don't know about nothing is too great for god to forgive maybe you just need to hear that tonight let me ask you this as well tonight do you have an assurance that this life is not all there is or are you living in fear of death do you try to just pretend that you're going to live forever and you're just in denial about it or do you have an assurance like brian had this deep assurance that yes When this life comes to its end, there is more. I'm going to live forever because you know that because of the resurrection, death has been conquered. There is eternal life in Jesus. Do you know that? Do you have an assurance or are you living in fear? Because Jesus wants you to give you that gift of an assurance, even the face of death itself. Take away that. He wants to take away all fear for you. He wants to take that away so that you would know deep within your heart like Brian that there is eternal life in Him. And finally, do you have the assurance that one day creation will be redeemed including our own bodies and there is going to be no more pain no more suffering no more tears no more heartache or brokenness because this is jesus plan the resurrection is the first fruits that he is going to redeem all of creation we're going to be a part of that as well and it's going to be incredible do you have an assurance of that do you know this wonderful truth tonight as well Because Jesus rose again so that you could receive this gift of assurance in your heart. You can leave here tonight knowing 100% in your heart that this is true, that this is real, just like those disciples. Because Jesus is alive and He's here tonight by His Holy Spirit. And He wants to meet with you tonight. So we're going to pray as we close. And then we're going to have the baptism. Let me pray. Lead us in prayer. Lord, we thank You for Your presence with us tonight we thank you for this incredible truth on this resurrection sunday thanks for nathan's testimony lord and tonight i want to pray just in these moments maybe there's some here tonight who have never given their sins to you lord they know deep within their heart tonight maybe you're here and you know or online you know deep within your heart that you haven't been forgiven or you thought maybe god couldn't forgive you well tonight Jesus wants to forgive you. He wants to take your sins. He wants to take all your pain, your guilt, your condemnation. He wants to take that from you and give you instead the gift of his peace. If that's you tonight, just now in these moments, you can just give them to him. Say, Lord Jesus, take my sin, take my pain, take my brokenness. Just now in these moments, his promise is that he will take them. He will take them and he'll give you his peace. If you're here tonight, and you know there's a fear for you about death, you don't have an assurance about eternal life, then now Jesus just invites you to come to me, place your faith and trust in me. Come tonight. And he wants to give you the assurance of eternal life because of all that he has done for us on the cross, because he has risen again. And maybe... You're here tonight watching online, you just know in your heart there's so much pain and brokenness and suffering in your life or in the world around you and you don't have a confidence around that. Well, tonight Jesus wants you to know that He is making all things new because of the resurrection. He has an incredible plan to bring healing and wholeness and it can begin right now, tonight in your life as well. If that's you too, Jesus invites you just to come to Him tonight. Come as you are. You don't have to fix your life up. And so Lord, you know, people's hearts tonight, I pray even in these moments, you'll be filling people with the awareness of your great love for them, your peace, forgiveness, assurance that is found in you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that in your heart, you know tonight Jesus is speaking to you. Do not leave tonight without telling someone. If you came with someone, say, hey, that's me tonight. I want to know more. I want to know that assurance. I don't have it. Come and talk to one of us. We'd love to pray for this Bible packs As you leave, take it. We'd love you to take it. The Alpha course, brilliant course you can do to learn more about this. But we're going to get ready for a baptism and I am so excited. Let's jump on our feet as we get ready for Nathan to be baptised. Let's not hold back. This is good news to celebrate tonight.
6: God, you can take a seat and uh, it's a privilege to be here with uh, my good mate Nathan um, and here with his dad Gavin as well and Jack would love to be in the pool but just couldn't so you got an upgrade anyway, you got Nathan instead so um, but Nathan I know you are much loved and this is a a very exciting moment, I still remember the very first moment I met you, you came to youth and uh, your smile has always stayed as big as it is right now um, but there's many people that are here, you've got a lot of family and friends, your mum's here, your sister is watching um, in Harvey Bay as well, and would have loved to have been here. Actually there's, there's family watching all around, I need a, I, I took the notes so I could remember there's, there's people in the Sunshine Coast watching online, there's people in Gladstone, there's people in Casino, there's people in Roma and Sydney and also in Harvey Bay. So you've got a lot of people love you, but uh, I've got a feeling there's a lot of people in this auditorium that love you. And uh, you've been such a big blessing to our life as well and encouraging us. And uh, God uses you through the power of the Holy Spirit to change our lives and impact us as well. And so this is an exciting moment um, as well. And so I want to read just a little bit of Scripture. Does that sound cool? Just a, a passage of God laid in my heart from Psalm 139 in the Message Version. And uh, it starts off, actually, the psalmist is writing this song. And it goes before this saying, Look, even if I climb to the sky, well, God, you're going to be there. And even if I go in the mountains, you're going to be there. It doesn't matter where I go, God is always going to be there. And then it goes on, the psalmist says in verse 13 to 16, he says, and this, is a, this is a verse for you, Nath. It says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb, and I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvellously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared Before I'd even lived one of them, and you said that in your in your testimony that you know that God has your life in control, and uh, sometimes that's a faith journey. But I want you to know that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says that He knows the plans He has for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, and that's very true. And so, uh, Nathan, do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior?
5: Oh yeah, baby!
6: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I'll, I'll say that when Nathan was speaking, he said, do you believe that uh, you have eternal life with Jesus? Nathan was so excited, he almost leapt out of his chair into the baptismal pool. I'm not joking about that. So let's get busy doing this. And uh, Nathan... Um, I wanna pray for you and then I'm gonna ask you one more question. Jesus, I wanna thank you so much for Nathan's life, just perfectly made. Lord God, you've got a promise and you've got a future for his life, Lord God. I wanna thank you for the anointing on his life, Lord. Every time I talk to him, Lord, I can hear that your spirit is alive and well, Father, and you're gonna encourage him and you're gonna use him to encourage and see many people come to faith, Lord Jesus through the power of your Spirit, I pray you'll continue to give him peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray that he'll be a man known as a beacon who points people to Jesus. And so Lord, on this special day, feel him afresh by your Holy Spirit. Well, Nathan, because you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour, and because you requested to get baptised, it's our privilege to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's jump. We're going to jump on our feet. If you come down, we're going to have a worship party down the front here, so let's do that.
3: Look at what the Lord has
1: done Is about Is about
0: Great, great God, we praise and honour you. You're mighty and powerful and what an awesome weekend. What a celebration, great God. This is what you do. You change and you transform people's lives, Lord. And you want to do that in many, many more lives, great God. And we thank you and praise you for that. Uh, Lord, we love you. We love you. But because you first loved us, because you first loved us, and we just pray these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen. What an awesome weekend. What an awesome service. So great to have you here. Hang on. Before you go though, very quickly, one last little celebration. I did this at Young Ads on Wednesday night, but Stacey and Brayden are here somewhere, aren't you? Where are you? Where are you? Oh, right. You're here. here. Uh, they announced their engagement, what, two Sundays ago, so big congratulations for them as well. Congratulations. All right. God bless you. Been awesome to have you here tonight. Have an awesome week and uh, we'll see you soon. Feel free to grab some food and hang out as well. God bless.